This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 126. I want to take a moment right now to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. So for today's episode, as is standard practice on Sundays, I am going over the latest news and rumors roundup from Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. So let's get into this for this week. Let's do this. Okay, first up, Canon releases their full 2020 financials and beats expectations. Canon Inc. has released its financials for 2020, and it looks like they exceeded expectations, even if only slightly. Canon's imaging segment saw a 49% rise in its operating income over 2019. What's more impressive, that sales in the segment were down 25% year-over-year, likely due to the pandemic and manufacturing challenges. Canon is quite confident about 2021 and the RF system, both for camera bodies and RF lenses. They project a 5% growth in imaging systems in 2021. The demand for the EOS R5 and R6 really drove sales for Canon in the second half of 2020, both of which did exceedingly well uh, beyond Canon sales at projections. Both cameras will likely continue to be hot sellers in 2021. There is more EOS R goodness coming in 2021 that will further strengthen Canon's market share in the full-frame mirrorless space. Canon's 2021 outlook for imaging systems, quote, in 2020, the inkjet printer market grew driven by working and learning from home in regions and countries such as Europe, the United States, and China. In line with this trend, our sales increased as well, thanks to sales growth of both hardware and consumables. As for the market in 2021, we expect demand resulting from working and learning from home to continue, particularly in developed countries. Further, thanks to growth in refillable ink tank models in emerging markets, we expect overall sales to be solid in 2021. Under these conditions, we will leverage our strength of having balanced a balanced lineup that includes both cartridge and refillable ink tank models as we work to capture printing demand from the home to office in both developed countries and emerging markets. Especially for real, refillable ink tank models, where we took steps to further strengthen competitiveness in the new products that we launched in the fourth quarter of last year. We improved print speed and lowered running cost. On top of this, we made it possible for users to independently replace some parts that wear out. By deploying products that, are, that raise the convenience of users in this way, we are strengthening our lineup and will aim to achieve our second consecutive year of sales growth by growing unit sales. You can download the full financial report at the Canon Investor Relations site, and I'll include a link to this and all the articles in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Now, this is definitely great news for Canon. And the one thing I wanted to touch on uh, briefly on this uh, from this article, it was something that surprised me. I was recently at the Best Buy in Hiram, Georgia, 
And there was a gentleman in line in the computer department ahead of me, and he was buying a, now granted it was a Hewlett Packard, but he was buying one of these ink tank printers. Now I hadn't heard a whole lot about these. I know there were some gimmicks with, oh, you can refill your ink cartridges, blah, blah, blah. Because the biggest bugger about inkjet printers has always been the cost of the ink. I mean, it's crazy that you can go to some place like Walmart and you can buy a brand new Lexmark inkjet printer, you know, a small one to put on your desk at home and print color color prints um, for like 35, 40 bucks. And it comes with the, the ink cartridges. But then when the ink cartridges run out, it costs you like 100, $150, $200 to buy replacement ink for that 30, $40 printer. Most people, and I did this for years myself, to be honest, I would just throw the printer out, go back to Walmart, buy another one for the same price instead of spending 100, 150, 200 bucks on the ink cartridges. Uh, well, now a lot of these printer companies are coming out with inkjet printers that actually have ink tanks. And you can actually buy bottles of liquid ink, basically, I guess, uh, that you refill those tanks. You just squirt it in there to fill it back up and you can continue printing. Now, I haven't tried this technology out myself to see how well it works or how much cost savings there are. But it may be something that my wife and I are going to need to look into sometime soon. And then I, maybe I could get back to printing some of my photos out myself here at home. It would definitely be intriguing. I have one of the fairly expensive Canon color photo printers now. I can't remember what model. I want to say it's like a 1000 series or something like that. And, you know, it needs ink and I haven't bought the ink because I think the last time I priced the ink, it was like 400 bucks to get all the ink cartridges for it. And I'm like, that's just crazy. Uh, so I've been sending out my stuff to get it printed when I need to print. But uh, this uh, refillable ink tank technology is definitely intriguing. Next up, what will Canon bring to the table with the EOS R1? Yesterday, Sony set the, now this is earlier this week, actually, uh, Sony set the gear world ablaze with the Sony Alpha A1, their new flagship full-frame mirrorless camera. It boasts a ton of pretty great features that most of you already know about. In particular, I love the EVF on paper, the 1400 flash sync, and the auto focus look tremendous. So what could Canon potentially bring to the table with their upcoming flagship mirrorless camera, which I call the EOS One or R1. The rumors for this camera have been minimal with only very broad strokes about what we can expect. One area I think Sony should have changed with the Alpha A1 is the form factor and ergonomics of the camera. If you have ever used a flagship DSLR like the Canon 1DX Mark III or the Nikon D6, you can have a hard time going back to other cameras. This is especially true with the EOS 1D series of cameras. I am hoping that when Canon does bring the EOS R1 to market, likely later this year, we get more EOS one than EOS R5 when it comes to form factor in ergonomics. While the ergonomics aren't very good on the R5 personally, I had a bumpy road getting used to things after only really shooting with a 1D camera for the last decade or so. I'm used to the EOS R5 now, but I would still love it in a larger body with a similar layout to the 1DX Mark III. So what have I heard about the EOS R1? Unfortunately, nothing new. There have been mentions of a new quad pixel AF system, which we have seen patents for in the last year. There has also been repeated mention of giving the EOS R1 a global shutter image sensor. 
The latter may be hard to do, and perhaps Canon can do something like Sony did to get rid of rolling shutter when using the electronic shutter. I also don't believe we're going to see another 20 megapixel camera. I think it's safe to say that pro-level cameras going forward will be 8K capable. So I would suspect we're going to see at least 45 megapixel image sensor in the EOS R1. I wouldn't be surprised to see a slight increase. I have been told that we will hear from Canon about the R1 sometime in the second half of 2021. With the Olympics looking less and less likely to happen, there may not be a marketing rush to get the camera to market that could get pushed back. We'll also have to see how manufacturing challenges are alleviated through 2021, as that will likely play a big role in announcements from Canon. Once I hear more, I will obviously let the Canon world know more to come. So that's definitely intriguing, and I do agree with him 100%. I believe that Canon, for the first time in a long time, is going to up the megapixels in the R1 sensor uh, because they're going to want to get the latest video technology into this body as well. Now, I personally believe that there's no chance Canon's going to go with a smaller form factor like Sony did. I think Canon, they know what works for them. They've been making the 1D line for a very long time. And I'm pretty sure they're going to stick with the larger form factor with the built-in vertical grip and the big honking battery that can give you a lot of shots when you're out shooting high-level professional sports. So that's just my opinion. We'll have to wait and see what actually happens. Next up, the Canon RF 70-200 F4L IS USM begins shipping this week. I have just received word that the Canon RF 70-200 F4L ISUSM will begin shipping from some retailers this coming week. I do not know what sort of allocation is being made available or how long pre-order lists are. The Canon RF 70-200 F4L ISUSM is remarkably small and I'm sure it'll be optically fantastic. Key features, Canon's shortest and lightest 70-200 F4 interchangeable zoom lens, high image quality and bright constant F4 for aperture telephoto zoom RF lens, optical image stabilization with up to five stops of shake correction, high speed smooth and quiet autofocus with dual nano USM, minimum focusing distance of 1.96 feet and maximum magnification of 0.28 times. A control ring for direct setting changes, 12-pin communication system, and dust and water resistant with fluorine coating. Now, you can pre-order this new lens for $15.99 at Adorama, and of course, there is a link in the show notes, so you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Gear of Yesteryear, DP Review TV reviews the Canon EF 200mm F1.8L USM. Here is a fun review of an epic Canon lens from the past. In this episode of Gear of Yesteryear, DP Review TV reviews the Canon EF 200mm F1.8L USM. To some, it's regarded as one of the best lenses that Canon has ever made. To others, well, they still think it's awesome. The Canon EF 200mm F1.8 LUSM is a relatively easy lens to come by as they are regularly available on eBay. I purchased this lens used from Fred Miranda Forum for about 3000 US. I didn't need a mint copy, so the price was right. These lenses can be repaired. There is a company in Michigan that can apparently rebuild the autofocus motors and make other repairs on it. Canon themselves won't do any sort of repairs. So you need to know 
that going in, but these lenses are as reliable as any big white Canon L lens. You can check out the sample gallery from the review in the show notes. All right, so the specifications for this lens, the Canon EF200 f1.8 LUSM, was announced in November of 1998. The original price was 456,000 yen, or $4,500 US approximately. Lens construction, uh, 10 lenses, uh, or 10 elements, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I got it backwards, uh, 12 elements in 10 groups. Number of aperture blades, eight, minimum aperture f22, closest focus distance 2.5 meters, maximum magnification 0.9x, filter diameter 48 millimeter drop-in, maximum diameter times length is 130 millimeters times 208 millimeters, and the weight was 3,000 grams or 6.6 pounds. Wow, that is a heavy lens. <laughs> but it is still a fantastic lens, and a lot of people still shoot with that lens today. So, hey, I guess you get what you pay for. Next up, deal of the day, Profoto A1X Flash and Trigger 795 down from regular 995. Now, I did want to let my listeners know, I did check out the link to this in this article. And even though it's titled Gear uh, Deal of the Day, it is still on sale as of the recording of this episode on Sunday, January 31st, 2021. Adorama has the Profoto off-camera flash kit for Canon camera, which includes the A1X Air TTL on off-camera flash and Profoto Connect flash trigger as their deal of the day for $7.95 down from a regular of $9.95. What's in the box? The Profoto A1X on off-camera flash with built-in Air TTL remote, lithium-ion battery for the A1X, battery charger for the A1X, including power cable, a bounce card, a dome diffuser, user, A1X bag, A1X flash stand, USB micro cable, Profoto Connect flash trigger for Canon cameras, the protective case, USB-C to USB-A charging cable, and the Profoto two-year limited warranty. And of course, you can purchase it at the link in the show notes. And last up from Canon Rumors for this week, pre-orders live, get the new gear from Sony and Fujifilm. For the shooters out there that use multiple systems, you can now pre-order the new Sony and Fuji film gear at our exclusive affiliate partner, Adorama. The Sony Alpha A1 body is $6,498. The Fujifilm GFX 100S body is $5,999. The Fujifilm GF 80mm f1.7 RWR lens is $2,299. The Fujifilm XE4 body in black is $849. The XE4 body in silver is $849. The Fujifilm XE4 black with XF27 F2.8 RWR is $1,049. The kit, that same kit in silver is the same price of $1,049. The Fujifilm XF70-300 F4-56 RLMOISWR is $799. And the Fujifilm XF 27mm F2.8 RWR is $399. All right, and now we're going to head on over to Nikon rumors for this week. First up, new Nikon Z5 discounts in Europe, 150 euros, uh, Sephora VAT, and 135 euro savings. Uh, actually, I think that second one might be Frank, so I apologize. Nikon introduced new Z5 savings in Europe at Park Cameras UK. 
Kalamut in Denmark, Photo Earnhardt in Denmark. The same Nikon Z5 savings should also be available to Amazon UK, Amazon DE, Amazon France, Amazon Italy, and Amazon Spain. New Nikon rebates are also expected in the U.S. on February 1st, so stay tuned. Next up, Canon revised upward their financial forecast as they see quarter two recovery trend of business activities, mainly in the imaging products business. Nikon released a new notice where they revised upwards their consolidated financial forecast for the fiscal year ending March 31, 2021. Quote, the consolidated financial forecast for the fiscal year ending March 31st, 2021 is revised upwards as the recovery trend of business activities in the second quarter of the fiscal year, mainly in the imaging products division and the precision equipment business continued in the third quarter of the fiscal year. And you can check out this article for yourself in the show notes. So it does sound a little bit more positive for Nikon. Hopefully they'll maintain this positive trend and make a recovery as a camera manufacturer. Next up, Nikon Coolpix P950 firmware update version 1.1 has been released. Today, Nikon released firmware update version 1.1 for the Coolpix P950 camera with a single fix. Fixed an issue where pairing the SnapBridge app with the camera would fail on iOS 14 and iPad OS 14 devices. The Nikon P950 still sells without a discount, $800 at Adorama, B&H, and Amazon. So it's good to see that they are fixing their SnapBridge bugs with new firmware updates. Next up, Nikon can and will keep up with Sony. I will just put this quote from Tom, uh, Tom Hogan here, since I also got multiple emails asking me about the impact of the new $6,500 Sony A1 camera on Nikon. Quote, Sony's non-surprising Alpha One announcement this week seems to have set a few Nikon shooters into panic again. More disinformation and clickbait headlines are also proliferating. The common theme seems to be Nikon can't and won't keep up and will fail. Relax, take a deep breath, stop believing everyone else, sometimes uninformed opinion without question. At this point, I'm aware of quite a bit of future Nikon products being developed. I'm not going to go into very specific details, assuming my multiple sources aren't pulling my leg for what would seem to be illogical reasons. Nikon will have some moments in the sun soon as well, and the Z transition will continue. I will soon post another recap on what is expected next from Nikon. See previous what to expect post in this link here. Additional information on the new Sony A1 camera can be found in that release note. And uh, that is it for that article. So it was a fairly short one. Next up, Topaz Labs Denoise AI version 2.4 released with improved quality, raw support, UI improvements, and now $20 off. Uh, Topaz Lab released the new Denoise AI version 2.4 with improved quality, raw support, UI improvements, and Topaz Labs also introduced two new savings offers. The Denoise AI is now $20 off from January 27th to February 12th, and the Topaz Labs utility bundle is now $50 off. You can use coupon code RUMORS15 for an additional 15% off, and there are some impressive 
sample images where they go through what you can accomplish with their denoise AI software. It is impressive software. Topaz Labs has been making fantastic photo software for quite a few years now, and it looks like this is going to be another winner. Um, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be excited to run out and get this release. So the change log for the new Topaz Labs Denoise AI 2.4, updated low light modes to newest versions, updated Photoshop plugins, should now save load all settings properly, added support for new image file types, new raw formats, ARI and CR3, new non-raw formats, BMP, HEIC, PPM, PGM, PBM, PNM, TGA, and WebP added estimated time remaining when saving files, uh, added in-app rating system. If you experience any issues with the output in the program, feel free to send feedback by clicking on the faces at the bottom right of the preview. Added ability to load non-ASCII file names from Lightroom, for instance, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, etc. file names should work now. Added an error message when models fail to run instead of just returning a non-updated preview. Added an info hover on the brightness toggle to better explain cases where it doesn't work. Changed Windows installer, so it's admin only, should resolve various issue non-admin users have had in the past. May require full uninstall and reinstall if you had it installed as a non-admin user before. Changed Photoshop plugin mode to have an entry in the file list view. This allows users to better show masking rather than having the brush at the top. Changed OpenGPL settings internally. Hopefully this should help with black preview issues and puts this program in line with what Gigapixel and Mask do. Changed sliders to allow text input for values. Fixed various color loading issues for raw files. Fixed issues where DNG files saved and reopened in our apps would be magenta. Fixed post-processing not running in certain cases. Fixed preview scale so it adjusts to your screen display scale properly. Images may look smaller than before if you have a display scale over 100%. Fixed crash when running auto on images with specific file sizes and fixed crash on Macs related to the file logger. So definitely a lot of updates and enhancements in this new version of Denoise AI. And last up from Nikon rumors for this week, Nikon N-Log's 3D LUT version 102 released. Today, Nikon released the N-Log 3D LUT version 1.02 with a single improvement. Added an N-Log compatible cube format 3D LUT file for the Z62 and Z72. You can read more on this topic at the accompanying article, which of course will be in the show notes for this episode. And now I'm going to take a short break and we'll move on over to Fuji Rumors. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191, and you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com, and you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag liamphotopodcast. And now, back to the show. And we're back. 
All right, first up from Fuji Rumors for this week, DP Review TV, Fujifilm XE4 First Impressions, and Get Well Soon Chris. DP Review TV has released their first impression video of the brand new Fujifilm XE4, and here are their thoughts. Very handsome looking camera with very clean lines, but not same fit and finish of X100V. He likes the front dial with push function, has a 3.5 millimeter jack, headphone jack via USB-C adapter. With the 27 millimeter f2.8, it weighs about the same as the X100V. Offset EVF is one of the main reasons to get this camera. EVF 2.36 million dots. Eye relief is quite poor, not good if you wear glasses. XV100 style camera with interchangeable lenses. For a bit more money, the XS10 is the better choice and has IBIS. But most importantly, get well soon, Chris. I'm not sure exactly what's wrong with Chris, uh, but apparently he's not feeling very well right now, so... Hopefully, he gets better soon. We'll have to wait and see. Next up, how my baby made me forget my gear, changes in my job, and talking Fuji rumors. Uh, fellow FR readers, at the risk of getting emotional, I owe you an update. I told you a few days ago that I was about to become a father, and I noticed in the, that in the comments, people rightfully asked if I'm a father now or not. The answer is yes, and faster than any Fujifilm camera can focus, my son became the biggest joy of my life. It was like all those moments of happiness I missed in my life that have been taken away from me or that I was not able to catch all that happiness I've lost on my way until today. The universe did not throw that happiness away, but stored it somewhere in a secret place and decided to give it back to me all at once the moment my son was born. Or to say it in an even more specific way, it felt so good like Fujifilm would have released the X-H2. Sadly, though, during the birth and now also in her first days of life, my son has some struggles and he has to fight a little bit, but he is in excellent hands. They check him constantly and always give him the treatments he needs. I am confident that in a few days I will finally be able to bring them home. Images of my baby, while well, sometimes strange, uh, something strange happened. We were four hours after the birth when my wife noticed I hadn't taken a single image. She asked me if I did not want to take pictures. That's why I brought all the gear with me, right? After she told me, or asked me this, I took a few images, but then stopped immediately and told her, I just want to be in this moment now. I'll take pictures tomorrow. This alone shows the magnitude of the event. I forgot all my gear. There is another big change I don't teach anymore. No, I didn't quit, but I took daddy time off until the summer break with part of my teacher salary still paid to me. My top priority now is my family. I keep my teaching job, still get some salary, but can be at home and take care of everybody. And Fuji Rumors? Well, I promised you that FR readers will always be the first to know everything. Don't worry about that, and you'll still get your thousand free articles a year. But uh, what eventually will change is that I won't be able to reply to all 7,000 emails I get a year. I'll try, but I can't promise. Certainly, it helps that I have a few months off from teaching. This frees up much time, which will mostly be used for my family, but I will surely reinvest some of the added time also into Fuji Rumors. So that was it already. I am totally happy. I wish you all the best and see you again on Fuji Rumors. So it is great that uh, his baby was born and hopefully it uh, 
gets done with whatever care and treatments it needs so that the baby and mommy can come home soon. Congratulations to the owner of Fuji Rumors. Next up, Fujifilm GFX 100S, strong pre-orders and back for pre-orders at Amazon US. For the entire day of yesterday, the Fujifilm GFX 100S was no longer available for pre-order at Amazon US, but now it's back again here. In the meantime, the Fujifilm GFX 100S advanced to top selling item on B&H Photo. Pre-orders seem to be very strong, and strong is also our hope that Fujifilm won't mess up the shipping and don't, doesn't make customers wait endless months until they finally get their pre-ordered cameras <laughs> yeah absolutely i hope i hope everything works out as far as the ordering and the shipping process Next up, Fujifilm GFX 100S versus full-frame size comparison, Sony A7R4, Canon R5, Panasonic S1R, and Nikon Z7 II. Camera size added the Fujifilm X, uh, GFX 100S to their database. I used their data to compare the brand-new Fujifilm GFX 100S versus high-end full-frame cameras. The GFX 100S is a 102 megapixel sensor at $5,999, 70% fuller sensor than full frame. The EOS R5 is a 45 megapixel sensor and retails for $3,899. The Panasonic S1R is a 47 megapixel sensor and retails at $3,697. The Sony A7R4 is a 61 megapixel sensor and retails at $3,498. And the Nikon Z7 II is a 45 megapixel sensor and retails at $2,996. All cameras except for the GFX, of course are full-frame mirrorless cameras. You can see all of the comparisons below. And of course, this article will be in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Fujifilm GFX 100S GF 80mm After Party, excellent IBIS and three things you might have missed. Oh boy, we had an epic GFX 100S XE4 and Lens Live blog yesterday. Make sure to go back and check it out. Today, we add two more to the bunch. The Fujifilm USA introducing the GFX 100S. They explain lots of stuff we already know, but they also say some things that might have passed unnoticed, like that nostalgic negative is inspired by the American New Color Photography. DP Review shares three things we might have missed about the GFX 100S. One of the things we might have missed is that the 100S has really great IBIS that makes it easy to take handheld images that take advantage of all 102 megapixels. We add to the bunch of Fujifilm Nordic After Party with Jonas Rask, Paul Schultz, and more. Make sure not to miss the last part of the video. It's the most fun one. And of course, there's links in the show notes uh, to the videos from Fujifilm, as well as uh, the uh, DP review guys, and also from the Fuji guys. So it's definitely exciting information and news that came out this week from Fujifilm with the new XE4 and the GFX 100S and the new GF 80mm f1.7 lens. Definitely a whole bunch of exciting news that came out from Fuji for this week. And last up from Fuji rumors for this week, breaking the new Fujinon GF zoom lens coming 2021, not yet on the roadmap. 
According to information I have received from trusted sources, Fujifilm will release a new GF zoom lens in 2021. The lens does not show up on any roadmap and has also not been hinted by Fujifilm in any shape or form. In our big, quote, what to expect from Fujifilm in 2021 overview, we noticed that there is indeed one zoom lens that once appeared on an internal roadmap leaked by Fuji rumors, but until now never saw the light of day. But at this point in time, I do not know if this is that lens or another zoom lens. I am investigating and will let you know as soon as I can. So definitely some more exciting news of upcoming items in the world of Fujifilm. Okay, and last but not least, now we head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors for this week. First up, first and only Sony A1 8K video samples so far. Pre-orders are available on the A1 at B&H Photo, Adorama, Amazon, and Focus Camera. The Sony Xperia 5G Pro at B&H Photo, Adorama, and Amazon. The Sony A1 in Europe at Photo Earnhardt DE, Calumet DE, Photo Koch DE, Park UK, and Wex UK. Nobody yet was allowed to test the new Sony A1 8K video features, and the only image samples we got so far are those made available directly at Sony. But here you can see the only 8K footage so far. And of course, this is a video sample from Sony's official channel. So I'll have a link to that in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. Next up, Sony A1 Photographer's Video Impressions. Uh, let's see, here you have them, uh, official videos, uh, Wildlife Diary and the Serengeti, and Sport Emotions with Thomas Lovick, The Big Day with Cristiano Ostinelli, and Iconic Portraits with Mackie Gallimberti, Hunters of Light, shot on the new A1 Sony Alpha Films. So there are a bunch of videos here in this article in the show notes, uh, so you can check them all out for yourself. Some of them are official Sony videos. Uh, actually, it looks like I guess all of them are officially released by Sony, but uh, it's with these videos are different professional photographers using the A1 to do different kinds of uh, photo, photo shoots or different styles of photography, wildlife, and so on. Next up, new Sony A1, uh, A1 real-life hands-on report with images. The Japanese website, digitalcamera.jp, had a chance to talk with Sony about the new Sony A1. Here are some key findings. Quote, for the first time, Sony officially says this new Alpha is a flagship model. The goal was to make a camera that can do everything of the cameras of the line below. For the first time, the Bayana's XR itself has a built-in LSI. Some older lenses autofocus may, may not be able to cope with the 30 frames per second AFC shooting. They may shoot at 15 to 20 frames instead of 30. Third-party lenses will do 15 frames per second. Their full Google translated text, Sony has not called it a flagship, any model of Alpha, but this time A1 is our first flagship camera. The model that can do everything. A little less than 900,000 yen, including tax, and 800,000 yen, excluding tax. A model that can... Um, the image sensor uses a newly developed CMOS sensor with built-in memory of 5.1 megapixels. The image processing engine is two Bionez XR processors that I started using from the A or the 7S3, eight times more processing power than before. Uh, 
and an A9 front end LSI and Bionez were used in combination. This time, the Bionez XR itself has built-in LSI, two Bionez covers, type A and type B. AF tracking, 4K 120, AF calculation, 120 times per second. The GUI realized with the A7S 3 is also realized with the new Bionez. RAW and JPEG recording for each card is also achieved with the new Bionez XR processor. 30 frames per second for still images, no buffer clogging in CF Express Type A. The continuous shooting speed can also be changed. Some AFC lenses cannot keep up. The main FE lens supports 30 frames, but the one with a large lens drive system may have up to 20 or only 15 frames per second. The lenses of other companies are full of 15 frames due to the actuator. Please use a genuine lens. AF is 120 times per second, no blackout. It is also effective for AES with many changes in brightness. Follows with a delay of 0.033 seconds at the fastest. Flash tuning is possible with an electronic shutter. You can shoot with a silent flash or while uh, chasing. Synchronized at 1 400th of a second with a mechanical shutter, newly developed shutter unit equipped with electromagnetic drive actuator as well as a spring, achieves high speed with spring and electronic drive. Dynamic range is 15 stops. Sensitivity is ISO 32000 for regular use and 102400 for extended use. APS-C with 21 million pixels. So basically, if you shoot the camera in APS-C mode, you get a 21 megapixel image. Anti-distortion is 1.5 times that of the A9. Since the reading is fast and the processing is good, it does not distort even with an electronic shutter. Flickerless is possible with an electronic shutter, also equipped with high-frequency flickerless function of the A9 II. Creative styles between came creative looks adjustable in nine steps even if you take a jpeg and put it out you can make your own favorite picture for the function that can be cut out with jpeg 16 pixel shift multis are about 200 million pictures uh pixels i'm sorry for raw lossless compressed raw for a uh, 50 to 80 percent capacity supports 10-bit heif even with 50 million, million pixels, the phase difference is 759 points. Coverage rate is 92%. Equipped with bird pupil recognition, however, pelicans are hard to track. 8K video is supported. You can make a beautiful 8K 30P by oversampling, also 4K at 120P. S-Log shooting equipped with S-Sign Tone for the same quality as for movies. Image stabilization is also electronic image stabilization. Active mode electronic image stabilization is possible. Fast hybrid AF at 8K. The manual is impossible. 8K with AF focused neatly. Even with 8K 30P, it is, it is possible to shoot for about 30 minutes with heat dissipation characteristics. The viewfinder has 9.4 million dots. The refresh rate is 240 frames per second. Wi-Fi is twice as powerful as before, compatible with USB 3.2 equipped with a 1000-base-T uh, 1, Ethernet. Simultaneous announcement of Xperia Pro smartphones that professional photographers and creators want to use. HDMI input is po uh, possible. You can see what you took with an Xperia and fly with 5G. 4K compatible with BT 2020. And these are Patrick Murphy Ray's thoughts on the new A1. And of course, there is an accompanying video. 
So definitely a lot of exciting news from Sony on this new flagship full-frame mirrorless camera. Next up, size comparison, Sony A1 versus the Sony A9 II. Uh, Photosuku made this accurate A1, A9 II size comparison. For comparison with all other Sony cameras, check out camera sizes, uh, uh, camera size 2. They all, the only real changes is due to the larger EVF. So it looks like both cameras are 128.9 millimeters wide. Uh, and it shows the front comparison, the back comparison. Uh, both cameras are 96.9 millimeters. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I take that back. The A1 is 96.9 millimeters tall. The A7 or the A92 is 96.4 millimeters tall. Uh, front to back, the Alpha 1 is 69.7 millimeters and the A92 is 67.3 millimeters. Um, so it's not a whole lot of difference between the two. Um, it is definitely intriguing that Sony was able to pack so many new features and so much power into a reasonably small form factor. And I did just notice at the, the top image a comparison of the two cameras, apparently the A92 does also have that continuous shooting button. Uh, on the left, it allows you to change between the continuous shooting modes. So I mentioned in the earlier episode on Thursday of this week that I'd never seen that on a camera before. But again, I'm not a Sony shooter, but it looks like that button is something that has existed on the A92 at least. And now is included on the Alpha 1. Next up, new images of the newly announced Viltrox 35 and 50mm f1.8 autofocus lenses. A month ago, Viltrox announced three new FE lenses. We already did show you the images of the new 24mm f1.8 FE in a previous article, and now we have more images of the other two lenses, the 35mm f1.8 FE and the 50mm f1.8 FE. These are fantastic lenses, very beautiful, very elegant design. The lenses should be available for pre-order soon at the Viltrox online store with worldwide shipping. So definitely some exciting news coming from Viltrox for the Sony shooters out there. And last up for this week, Chris and Jordan's reaction to Sony's new flagship camera. For what it's worth, the Sony A1 is selling well according to the latest Amazon US ranking. Unexpected if you consider the high price tag, but maybe you all had invested in Bitcoin lately. Here are Chris and Jordan talking about the new Sony A1. And this is Marg Galler's take as well. So you can check out both of those videos in the article in the show notes. Um, I did watch the video from Chris and Jordan, and uh, they had a lot of positive things to say about the Alpha 1, and they seem to be pretty excited about it. Um, like I said, I'm not a Sony shooter myself, but it's definitely some exciting news, and I'm not going to poo-poo on Sony. I think this is a great camera, and I think it is quite a bit of a serious challenge to Canon and Nikon being the dominant uh, manufacturers in the world of flagship sports bodies, but I do still find it odd that Sony decided to make their flagship body so small and compact and only hold one small size battery, which is highly unusual. I fully expect that when Canon and hopefully Nikon both release their flagship sports mirrorless full-frame bodies, that they will maintain the same form factor that they've had with the 1DX line and the D6, 
and that's the built-in vertical grip and the much larger battery that'll give you many, many more frames of shooting before you need to worry about swapping out a battery. Okay, so that is all of the articles for this week. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, and that is going to wrap up the news and rumors for this week, January 31st, 2021. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you might be getting your podcasts. Also wanted to remind you to pick up a copy of my first book, The Forgotten Pieces of Georgia, The Northwest Counties. You can pick it up at liamphotography.net online store, as well as Amazon or Barnes and Noble. And also ask you to stop by on YouTube and check out my channels, Aperture Assassin, as well as Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and Forgotten Pieces of Pennsylvania. All right, I will see you all again in another seven days.